0: we come here today as we just welcome you all here to this new church plan and for those welcome who are online here and um, welcome as well to um, this meeting here in the Kirk Michael area and I just and pray that you have had a, a blessed week. So today's scripture, um, so let's read our key scripture passage for today, it's on page 4 to 8 in the Church Bibles, and it's Matthew 28 verses 1 to 10. Matthew 28 verses 1 to 10. In the end of the Sabbath, as it began to dawn towards the first day of the week, came Mary Magdalene and the other Mary to see the secular. And behold, there was a great earthquake, for the angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled back the stone from the door and sat upon it. His countenance was like lightning, and his remnant white as snow. And for fear of him, the keepers did shake and became as dead men. And the angel answered and said unto the woman, Fear not ye, for I know that ye seek Jesus, which was crucified. He is not here, for he is risen, as he said. Come, see the place where the Lord lay, and go quickly and tell the disciples that he is risen from the dead, and behold, he goeth before you into Galilee. There shall ye see him, lo, I have told you. And they departed quickly from the settler with fear and great joy, and did run to bring his disciples word. And they went to tell his disciples, Behold, Jesus met them, saying, All hail. And they came and held him by the feet and worshipped him. Then said Jesus unto them be not afraid go tell my brethren that they go into Galilee and there shall they see me I know this Sunday is commonly referred to as Easter Sunday but I prefer much prefer resurrection Sunday it tells us what exactly what the celebration is about and it, it is the main reason why we are here today worshipping at Free Grace Church. Without the resurrection, there would be no gospel to share, no news. But because of Jesus' work on earth, that finished on the cross with the final victory over death and sin. And we come here to, to recognise and share in the wonderful truth of the gospel and of God's grace and mercy towards mankind. In the book of Genesis, chapter 3, verse 15, we read, And I will put enmity between thee and the woman, and between thy seed and her seed, and I will bruise thy head, and thou shalt bruise his heel. This is the first suggestion we have of God's redemptive plan. Here God is speaking directly to the serpent, who has caused thee to be deceived in the Garden of Eden. Enmity refers to a struggle or conflict, so the verse begins with a reference to the struggle that mankind, born of a woman, will face against Satan. These are the daily struggles we face. Earning a living, providing for our family, resisting temptation, etc., since the fall of man from grace in the garden of Eden we have all endured these difficulties but we can have victory over these things the second part of the verse shows us how and through whom this victory has been established the woman's seed shall bruise thy head is A symbolic picture of Christ crushing sin, crushing Satan, defeating him and sin for all eternity. Christ's resurrection crushed the serpent's head. Through his death and resurrection he has trampled down, down death and delivers us from the grave. So let's look back and consider the events leading up to this day. For over three years, Jesus has been meeting with people and teaching them about the importance of true faith. Not faith born of duty, but faith of, that has substance. In John cha- chapter 14, he tells Philip, one of the twelve disciples, that if you have seen me, you have seen the Father. And the disciples were no doubt that Jesus was the promised Messiah. They longed for a magnificent victory over their oppressors and truly believed that Jesus was going to redeem them. Sometimes the things he taught seemed impossible. In John 2 Jesus says that the the temple will be destroyed in three days. He will raise it up. And of course, Everyone is thinking, how can this be, this be possible? It takes 46 years to build the temple, and he says he can build it in three days. You see, we are a privileged people. We can open our Bible, we can read the whole story, and it makes sense to us today. But imagine how far, far-fetched and unreasonable some of these claims seem to to the people of that day, who only had the Torah that we call the, the Old Testament. So, a few days earlier in the week, the disciples are together, sharing a meal, and Jesus prophesies forthcoming events. They still don't really understand what it's, all, what's, what it's about to what's about to happen, but he trusts but they trust him. And they go to the Mount of Olives. Here on the Mount, he is betrayed. Judas, one of the twelve, betrays Jesus with a kiss. And so our Lord is taken into the, the hands of the authorities. The disciples frightened and confused and run away. There follows a trial and Jesus is accused of blasphemy. And the punishment is death on a cross. Imagine the utter despair of the disciples. Their hopes have been completely shattered. And they have given up everything to follow this man Jesus. And now they have lost all hope. Their Lord and King to be crucified. And their hopes and dreams will be crucified with him. Have you ever, ever felt completely overwhelmed by the situation in your life I'm going to share with you today how to have victory over these situations how to have hope even when things seem hopeless you see this isn't just the end of the story the best bit is to come, yet to come so we're going to mainly look at Matthew 28, 1-10 and we'll touch on, on verses from the other Gospels, where the resurrection is written in detail. And it's, the book of Acts actually records 19 different sermons, with 13 of these placing emphasis on the resurrection. So it is a, a really important subject. And I'd like to consider three aspects of this passage the adoration of the woman in verse 1 and secondly the activity of the angel in verses 2 to 8 and thirdly the appearance of the Lord in verses 9 to 10 so let's start with our first point the adoration of the woman these women Mary Madeline and Mary mother of James have left their homes very early in the morning in order to bring spices and oils to the grave, to embalm the body of the Lord. There were more women with them, in Mark 16, with Siloam and with the two Marys bringing the sweet spices, and in Luke chapter 24, it adds another woman, Joanna, as well as the other women. There were probably at least five women going to the tomb, together, Initially, although other groups of women may have visited later, some like Mary Magdalene had been close to Jesus during his time of ministry, while others may have heard him through their friends and they came together to complete the task of embalming the body. Now these women truly loved Jesus, the two Marys in particular would have been very devoted to him during the time of ministry, and for them to act of nurturing the body in death, and would have been immensely important. And let's now consider our second point, in verses the activity of the angel in verses two to eight. While the women are still on their way to the tomb, the angel of the Lord descends. Now, in the Bible, there are lots of references to angels. Sometimes they appear to be the same size and stature of our average man, while other times, such as on this occasion at the tomb, they appear to be quite magnificent. From verse 3 above, we can see that this angel must, be, must have radiated light and an aura of immense power must have surrounded him because the the guards were immediately afraid so afraid that they became as dead men unable to move or speak the angel rose away the stone not a small rock but a huge stone that would have taken several men to put in, in place originally now Jesus and his supernatural body could have exited the tomb without the stone being moved but it was important that the the women and others who came after them could see that the tomb was empty it was also important proof of the divine nature of our Lord there would have been no way the women could have moved the stone but the disciples wouldn't have gotten past the guards or moved the stone and nobody else desired to move the stone. So if it was none of these, it must have been divinely moved, just as Matthew's Gospel tells us. Then the women arrive and the sea must make them nervous because the angel says to them, fear not. Before he confirms the, the reason they are visiting the tomb, he already knows why they have gone, why, why they have gone there and what they intend to do. Now, if you look down at verse 6, it contains two most pivotal statements of the Christian faith. He is not here and he is risen. Firstly, he is not here. Unlike other religions, like the religious icons today like Buddha or Muhammad, Jesus rose from the dead. There is no grave for him. We can still see today the tombs of Rebekah, King David and Absalom. But there is no tomb for Christ. In all of the world religion, only Christians have a risen saviour. A saviour that was promised long ago. And secondly, he is risen. He He has not been moved from the grave. And he has not simply been stolen and hidden somewhere else. He has risen from the dead. The angel encourages the women to take a look for themselves and in the, the Mark's gospel we read that they entered the to take a good look inside. The angel then commands the women to go and tell the disciples the good news of Christ's resurrection and the commentator David Kusick notes that this was an important honour for the women who had courageously and publicly identified themselves as his followers throughout his ministry so they hurried from the grave excited to tell the news of the empty tomb and the resurrection and if we come down to our last point if you look down in in verse 9 our third point the appearance of the Lord we see that even before they arrive at the meeting place of the disciples, the women meet Jesus. He speaks to them with a welcome of all hail or all oh joy to, like in a, re, a, rejoicing, a rejoicing way. And they fall and worship at his feet. They actually hold them by the feet. He was not just a vision or a spirit, he was physically, complete, resurrected body. Just hours before, these women were mourning, they were in despair, and all hope was gone. But he came to them first, to personally show them that everything has changed because he has risen. In verse 10, Jesus assures them saying be not afraid go tell my brethren and they go into Galilee and there shall they see me. He gives them comfort and confirms again that the angel in Mark's gospel's account Mm -hmm. said to go and tell the disciples to go to Galilee where they will see him themselves. And this point here be not afraid it's a confirmation of this sermon because it brings hope that he is alive and that through his death and resurrection we can be victorious over sin and we can face that we can face with courage the challenges of life those who are born again have a living hope in Jesus Christ because of the resurrection. The power of the resurrection helps us live in our lives in the way God intends us to live, to live them. In Romans chapter (coughs) 6, Paul tells us that sin will have no domain over us. We won't achieve sinless perfection this side of heaven, but we can have victory over sin it will not control or rule us and have you experienced the good news from (coughs) that empty tomb two thousand years ago is Jesus your your saviour today and are you ready to meet him does the risen lord live in your heart if not or if you aren't sure you can be eternally saved today For those who are born again we are a living hope of the resurrection of our Lord from the from the dead we have earned a new future a life in heaven for all eternity our bodies aren't new like the Lord's yet but our spirit has been made alive with the new resurrection power if through listening today and you feel moved to know more Or if you want to come close to the Lord and ask Him to be your personal Saviour, please come and speak to me. Amen. We will sing our last song he has written.